Welcome to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week we get into it with the one and only Tim Shear with Shake and Bake Barbecue, also the proprietor of Blues Hog Barbecue and Gateway Drum. Tim is one of the best cooks in the world and is known as a world-class finisher and just an overall great fella. There's some great tips in here and it's a pretty fun listen. So please join me in welcoming the tallest man in barbecue, Tim Shear. We're here with Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue, also with Blues Hog and Gateway Drums. He's, he's kind of like that beer guy, you know, the man of the world in barbecue. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good until that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been around barbecue for quite some time. You were one of the first people that I met in the Midwest, and it was just kind of weird how we met i don't even know if you remember this but we were it was the last royal at the hail center in kansas city how was i supposed to remember that yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) and we happened to sit next to you at awards oh no i was like i don't know i don't know who this guy is but he's getting all these trophies and stuff and and then you walk down to go talk to people and congratulate people when you left your phone and a couple of trophies (laughs) and shit and Kim and I were like, man, that guy just left this stuff here. <laughs> and I remember we walked it down to the floor and we're like, hey, man, you left all this stuff up there. And you were like, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> We've been best friends ever since. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Well, welcome to the, the podcast. I've been been excited about having you on and get deep inside of you and see what we got here. Well. I feel like I've been begging you to come on for like a year now. I don't know what it takes. <laughs> Just building some audience, you know, yeah. seeing how things go. Yeah, I get it. Right well, on. Let's start into some questions here. Got to cook around you a couple of times. We always have a good time, but you also have a lot of confidence. Where does that confidence come from in terms of competition barbecue? Oh boy. Liquid courage is part of it. I would say the other part of it is preparation, man. I mean, you mentioned that I've been around for a while and that's funny that you say that because like two years ago I got an up-and-comer um, award <laughs> literally you know what I mean I was like wow I feel like I've been doing this for a little bit but but anyway now man it's it's practice it's preparation it's just it's trying to put yourself in a in a mental state or in a state to where you think you're going to succeed and you know, just try to stay focused and do what you know, know that you can do and not, not try to do something that you don't think you can do at that point and, um, and be realistic, you know, and that takes a while, man. It doesn't happen overnight. If you're, if you're cooking and you, you've been down the road and you've been to the Royal and you've been to some of these bigger contests and, and you figure out that there's one dude here that you can control and that's yourself. Mm -hmm. That makes things a lot easier. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that I tell people all the time. You, they're always like, well, this person's here and this person's here. And I'm like, why do you I love, care? I love when people say that, man. And I, I learned that way back, you know, it's been a while now that when I had Sam's club, it was always, oh my gosh, we moved on. And now it's these people. And now it's these people. And I, honest to God, I never even looked at any team list throughout the whole Sam's club tour. I just don't care. You know what I mean? It's me against the judges is all it is. Right. So, you know, that's kind of where I, where I've always stuck with it. And, 
And I think that that takes out a huge portion of the mind game if you can get over that hump. Right. And I got to see some of that this weekend when, you know, Brad showed up in North Carolina and people were like, can you believe, believe he's here? And I'm like, beat his ass. You know, like, yeah. Who cares that he's here? <laughs> and then he torched his, all of us. His wife didn't. <laughs> so you you've also had some interesting. You have some interesting things that you've done outside of barbecue. How has your career and life experiences outside of barbecue prepared you for being a pit master on in competition? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's helped a lot. I mean, I've been around competition my entire life. So, you know, I played sports growing up pretty hardcore in, in high school and college. And, and the biggest thing with that is it just teaches you, you know, that competitive competitive edge, teaches you how to win and how to lose and, and all, the, all the peaks and valleys that come with that, man. I mean, you can be riding high for a week and then all of a sudden, bam, you're down to square one again. And that, you know, that's competitive sports 101 you know what I mean and, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people and I see it all the time people that have never been through that and and honestly I can tell they don't know how to deal with it you know they they win one contest or they wouldn't get a call and you know they expect to do that every single week and they're the best in the world all of a sudden and and that's not not reality you know so you know I think a lot of that has prepared me really well for and that's one of the reasons why I still like to compete at at barbecue at honestly, everything I do, you know, it's basically mm -hmm. being a competition in some sort, sort of way, but <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a lot of life lessons you can learn in that. And then, you know, getting into business is, is the same thing, you know, being persistent and, and not giving up and, and staying focused on what you're doing and, and not letting what people may say. I live in a small town. I mean, people talk about me and more than they talk about themselves. I mean, it's, it's one of the things where it's what I deal with, you know, and and I've just learned to block it out and, and focus again on dude, I can control. And, and that's about it. That's, that's a great advice and great way to attack it. I mean, I, I play competitive sports the same way. And yeah, when I found this, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can be, you can be old and out of shape and still compete. That's I don't need knees for this. This will be okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. I've been through every injury you could ever have. And, and, uh, I try not to move too quickly anymore. So <laughs> never know. Right, right. You never know when you got to. Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to talk a lot in barbecue about successes and things that we've won and stuff like that. I like to talk about failures and things that have happened in a competition that maybe were learning experiences. You know, do you have a, a favorite failure or anything <laughs> that's happened? Yeah. Yeah, I've got some, and, and you brought it up earlier, probably it was at that American Royal where you met me at. The funny thing is that the day before in the Invitational, you know, there's whatever, 150 teams, whatever it was back then, and, and I think we finished 85th or whatever, something I wasn't happy with at all. I'd call it one of my bigger failures at a, at a big competition, you know, and stuff, and probably didn't handle the night after very well either. So, so the next day I, I wake up and things aren't going as smoothly as they probably should have been. But anyway, the bottom line is we turned in four boxes and, and gave ourselves a chance and ended up winning first place brisket and got a port call, I believe, and fourth overall out of 500 teams, whatever it was back then, maybe 600 back then, but, mm -hmm. uh, and got to sit right in front of you. So, um, <laughs> 
it's one of those things it's it's not giving up it's staying focused it's you know even on even on a cook if you want to really simplify it on a category things are not go well every single time you're going to make a mistake you're going to um you know you're you're going to screw up and my biggest thing is it's not over until until you turn it in or the judge you know gets it wrong even you know so right. sometimes you try to fix it as best you can and hope you get hope somebody misses it and you slide by so I always keep hope alive and, and don't give up till they announce that last call. I mean, that's the way I look at it all the time. You bring up a great point in that I find your adaptability on the fly to be probably a superpower. <laughs> and if you'll permit me a story, one of my favorite, awesome. one of my favorite failures is coming Georgia double. Mm -hmm. I had had. Let's not get into too many details of the story, please. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, you got up late, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, and still had had fifteen hour drive home. White smoked it out of there after turn ins and won the contest. But there's also lots of stories out there about your finishing. Let's dive into that a little bit. How what goes? What's going on in your mind during that last five minutes before that box goes? Uh, a lot of things. But what's going on is is I need to make this the best I can possibly make it. Uh, until I have to turn it in. So finishing starts to me, as soon as I shut the next, the, the previous lid or whatever, I'm immediately onto the next one. So I need to get things out. I need to, you know, I need to survey the tenderness. I need to see what I'm looking at. I need to taste it. And that's one of the great things I love about having a, a drum handy. I usually have one rolling at 400 degrees or whatever, and, and maybe one at 300, you know, just in case something's off or on. So you know, I've got, you know, 20, 30 minutes between turn-ins, right? So I've got a lot of time in the drum world. So that, it starts right there, really. I mean, if something's under tender, I'm going to get it tender. If okay. something's over, I'm going to try to cool it down. I'm going to try to put liquid on it, whatever I can do to, to change the texture and, and the moisture level. And then it goes into taste and flavor and, and, and the texture of your sauce and how much smoke you have on and, you know, your flavor level. So, and honestly, that's, we did 43 contests in one year, okay, a couple of years ago. And, <laughs> and every single contest, I learned something new, right? So, and it might be just a, a tiny thing. And I try to somehow try to bank all those memories and, and try to use them when the time is right. Even not at contests, you know, there might be days and during the week and I think, oh man, I need to, I'm thinking of a flavor, you know, and I'll go back in the kitchen here and and put that flavor together and just see what I think of it. What's the flavor for? I don't know. Maybe sometime I'll use it on brisket or ribs or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where I just try to, you know, I really try to build a memory of, of what I can do when, when I need to. And, and then the, the hard part is, is, is to try to decipher what it needs. And mm -hmm. that's when I taste and that's when, you know, I let other people taste. I might, when they take a bite of something, I'm, I'm looking at them, I'm studying them, you know, and I, mean, I want their first, I want their first authentic reaction before they even say a word. And that tells me more than anything, you know, I can, I can see what, what the bite looks like. I can see what kind of what they're thinking before they say it. And it's one of those things that I feel like it, yes, I think it's a little bit of a God given ability with senses and, and smell and taste and everything. But I think it's really a lot of practice and repetition and, and just not giving up on it until you, you know, you absolutely have to. And that's kind of what I do. I mean, if something comes out, I slice it and it's bad, I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and pout about it for 20 minutes and then turn it in. I'm, I'm, I'm in desperation mode, man. I'm going to do anything I can to try to make it just a little bit better or, or the best I can, can to try to say, you know, maybe it, maybe it brings you from 35th to 25th, or maybe it brings you from 
25th to top 10, I mean, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's what, what you can make the most out of it. And, and I think that's, that's how you become more consistent overall, because obviously every cook does not go perfectly, you know, and yeah, meat doesn't get cooked, you know, the way you want it or, are you overseasoned or you try to new injection or whatever it is kind of you to decipher that at the end. And the judges don't know how you got there. All they know is what they taste right when they taste it. So if you can figure out a way to, to make it presentable, then you can have at it, you know? Right. And I think you made, you touched on a couple of things there that really, I think when people are trying to learn and I've taken your class and I've, I've heard you say it practice, you gotta, I mean, that's the only way you're going to get better is, is you got to cook a bunch of meat and learn what's going to go wrong and how to take care of it. You really do. And it's, and people talk about practice a lot and there's different ways to practice. I think, I mean, you know, when I practice, I rarely ever do a full competition practice. It's just not possible for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Too many things going on and I never am able to focus at home on a full cook. So it would more or less, I'd be practicing a tenderness technique or a flavor technique or try to narrow it down to one or two techniques at a time mm-hmm. and then put them together, you know, kind of build those, you know, there's several instances that come to mind, you know, whether it's, you know, wrapping with butcher paper or foil or hanging or laying your ribs. I mean, there's so many things, you know, I try to narrow it down and focus on one thing at a time and just and then put the pieces of the puzzle together because for me to, you know, do a full competition class, uh, cook at home is just not realistic in my world. <laughs> no. You know, there's too many, you know, there's too many variables. So, anyway, right, that's what works for me. Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit and and get into stuff. People like <laughs> barbecue stuff, man. What's one of the most worthwhile investments that you've made in competition barbecue? Number one, I I think if you're giving the competition a class, you know, that's like, that's like skipping a few laps, man. I mean, just take a class, swallow your pride, see how other people do it. And even before that, it was, it was friendships, you know, going to a a cook-off and, and, you know, just browsing around and saying hi to people. And believe it or not, most barbecue guys, especially back when I started, they welcomed you in and, and, you know, they're very proud of themselves. So a lot of times they're so proud that they spill their secrets to you. So pay attention, man. That's free advice. You know, don't, don't be too proud of yourself to not listen, you know? So right. I've, I've kind of been one of those guys that are pretty good at acting dumb, probably a little too good, but, uh, you know, go in there and ask a question and listen, you know, and learn and, and look what they're doing. If they want to talk, talk, if not, leave them alone. You know what I mean? So you'll find the ones that, you know, that are helpful. And, and usually those are the, probably the most successful ones. It's kind of what I've done and um, did it back before I even competed. You know, I mean, my buddy, Jeff Brinker, I mean, everybody knows him in the barbecue world. You know, he was cooking barbecue down here at the gas station on the weekends. And hell, I'd go down there and buy a sandwich and sit there for an hour you know, and, yeah. and listen, you know what I mean? And it was fun and it was helpful and kind of got me off on the right foot. Classes have definitely changed the playing field. It's uh, you know, a lot of people have complained that, oh, now anybody can win and it's all about the judging. And I disagree with that. I think it's because classes have really leveled out the field a lot. Well, and there's so much more information, even on the internet or on YouTube. I mean, when I started, it was the barbecue brethren, you know, you're lucky to sucker a, a stray comment out of there or something like that. But 
Yeah. Uh, you know, and there were maybe one or two guys posting some videos or something back then, but now you can find pretty much everything you need either at a class or online. And, and honestly, I mean, you know, Brad and I give more classes than anybody probably. And, and guess who's still winning Brad, you know, <laughs> Brad, we're, we're still pretty tough when we go to the contest, you know what I mean? And, and that comes down to, you know, how bad do you want it? How much dedication and how much practice and how consistent are you really going to be? And, um, that's why, you know, those type of people can go anywhere and, and have to win any given time, you know, so it's tough, man, but it's honestly, it's, it's nothing but hard work to be, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, yep. you can, you can bitch about the judges all you want. I don't really care about the judges, man. I, I want to cook the best I can cook and I want to make any knucklehead in the world think it's good. Yep. So I don't care who judges. That's right. We've talked about expensive investments, like a class. Do you have anything that you've bought for under a hundred bucks? That's most positively <laughs> impacted your barbecue, barbecue life. No, not in barbecue. Jar of blues hog. That'd be about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I mean, I'll tell you right now, I remember the first time I ever tried it and I didn't even know it was blues hog. That's what's funny about it. My first case of US contest, I had a, had a dude from Jeff City cooking next to me and a really good guy. And, you know, he was felt sorry for me and he was helping me out and everything. And, and I let him taste my sauce and he let me taste his. And, and I just straight up looked at him like, what the hell is that? And he's like, oh, yeah, my wife makes it. My wife makes it. I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh, your wife needs to make me some, you know? It's like, but, yeah, you know, about a year later, I figured out, oh, that was blue song, you know, straight out of the right. dark. <laughs> there it is. You know, there's that flavor I tasted a year ago. But anyway, it's, you know, it's just stuff like that. But I don't know. There's a million tools or gadgets you can buy right now. But. Um, under 100 bucks and barbecue probably doesn't get you much. <laughs> not really. A lot of people say thermopen, even though I put in there can't say. You told me not to say that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> do you use any a lot of technology in your cook or no? No, I really don't. Um, I'm not a. I'm not a. And people know this from taking my class or whatever, but I'm not a gadget guy. I'm a senses guy, you know. And yep. And. Uh, you know, God gave us uh, some of the best gadgets you can buy, and that's your, your nose and your mouth and your ears and your eyes, and that's that's what I do. You know, I try to I try to look at the meat. I try to listen to the sound of the you know on the drum and the meat dripping on the coals. Um, I look at the smoke velocity and the color and the smell coming out of the exhaust, and that tells me more than any any gadget will ever tell me. So, and it also teaches me to pay attention to my cook more. And that's just the way I, and that's what I love about the drum cooker, man. I mean, that's, that's how I learned that really. And, and, um, you know, it's not a a beeper beeping at you that tells you to do something. It's, it's the smoke smell or the the color, you know, or the the sound you're getting off your, off your drippings. I mean, that's what tells you what to do. So, you know, that makes it more enjoyable. It's, it's, to me, it's a little more, you know, pure, you know, if you will, but, um, yeah, you know, it's stuff like that, that to me makes it fun and makes it more of a process. I'm not very good at being told what to do. Uh, my <laughs> wife knows that. So if I can try to tell myself what to do, it usually goes over better. And I 100% agree with you. Uh, <laughs> in terms of the drum, I, and this is something I just recently started using it in competition, using one. I absolutely have a blast cooking on it. And uh, I've even gotten little G now involved <laughs> in it. She gets her stuff done so she can go out and man the drum. Yeah, I saw her huddle around that little 30-gallon. She loves yeah. that thing, man. She, 
and she she sits there and i tell her what i want where i want it and when i want it to change and yeah. she sits there and works those paddles like <laughs> like she's playing a game boy or something that's pretty funny yeah that's good <laughs> good no it really is i mean that's when i really started enjoying cooking i was you know i had a pellet grill before and you know i literally hit the button at 10 o'clock at night and went to bed i was like well hell i don't even get to light a match you right know? <laughs> it's not as fun so i mean that's what i like about cooking on the drum i mean i get to look at it i can i can open the lid whenever i want i can touch it i can spin it i can flip it i mean i've got a little uh you know i've got a problem sitting still a lot of times so <laughs> if i if i can mess with it it's it's usually a better fit for me let's switch gears a little bit now and get into some people in barbecue uh-oh. Who's impacted your life the most in competition barbecue? In competition, I mean, there's there's several people. Old buddy Brinker, for one, I told you about. You know, he's a he's a he's a cook, and he he kind of taught me the taste and flavor and, and finish. I mean, I learned a lot from him. He and I used to cook together back in the day when we first started cooking on drums. Me and him and, and Nate from Brewmasters, another guy that you know we'd we'd load up and and. I mean, literally, we would take one or two drums and a tailgate of a truck and, and leave it four in the morning and, and get to the contest at seven or six or whatever it was. And, and we would win, you know, and, and just totally screwing off, but had a lot of fun. And, <laughs> and it was just flat out because those guys could cook. And, and, you know, we didn't worry about anything except for turning in really good food. And, and, um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, Spurge is another guy like that, Jeff Spurge and Casey. I mean, you know, he's a guy that started cooking on drums a long time ago. And um, when he asked me to make him a drum, I did. And, and he said, don't even worry about putting a thermometer on there. Um, I'll never use it. He said, save, save you 30 bucks or whatever. I was like, okay, you know, what's this all about? But I mean, he taught me about the smell and the look and the color. I mean, that was, you know, that's what he was talking about, you know? So there's guys like that. And, and obviously Bill Arnold, you know what I mean? And yeah. probably, probably the number one, especially at this point. I mean, when he talks about flavor and, and his line is he can think of a flavor in his head and then create it, you know, with his tongue. I mean, that's just, that's what he does. You know what I mean? And, and so I've learned a ton from him and, you know, just listening to how he, how he takes on life and how he took on barbecue and, and people and everything else is, you know, that's, that's irreplaceable to be honest with you. It, it really is. And the, the times that I've got to be around him at your trailer or at that event in Tennessee. I bet you weren't frowning. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you just sit there and you just soak it in because yeah. he's just a wealth of knowledge. He's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah. It's hilarious too. I mean, you're just going to sit there and laugh and <laughs> you know, some of it's true even <laughs> some of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. when you're having a barbecue issue, who do you call? I coach Papa out there. He usually calls me, but <laughs> we go into the details pretty hard sometimes. And nah, I mean, it's it's good, you know, experiences and and uh, that dude's been through more, you know, more things in business and, and barbecue and everything else than anybody ever will. So um, again, I you know I listen more than I talk probably as far as that goes. But you know, Brad and I go back and forth. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's more it's not necessarily a problem it's more or less uh if you figure out he's doing something or i'm doing something we gotta we gotta squeeze it out of him you know what i mean so right and that helps to have somebody you know to talk to and run ideas by and and um you know usually i tell him he's an idiot and he and he asked me for a recipe so 
Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's good to have people like that for sure. I mean, just that you can run different ideas. Maybe it's a bad idea or a good idea. Yeah. I mean, we probably don't do it as much anymore, but you know, back when we were really getting going on the drum, it was you know there were, really was no class or anything to take on a drum, and we were we were kind of creating a lot of that and yeah, um, you know, learning on the fly. So never ending, but you, you're always learning something. So. Well, it's just good to have those relationships and right. have those friends. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that I've definitely asked for my share of advice. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to ask. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Sometimes with, sometimes you, know? you lose your mind and you just want to change change something. Yeah, usually the answer is to go back to what, what worked before and, and kind of hit reset and go again. I mean, it's amazing how far off you can get by maybe – maybe going 10% off this weekend and then 10 more that weekend. And by, uh, you know, next couple of weeks, you're so far off, you can't even believe it. And you don't even realize it. So, <laughs> you know, a lot of times it's somebody just got to hit reset and, you know, go back to the basics and, and, and go again. So, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so you got any habits or rituals or routines that you have to do on site? Like while you're there? While I'm there. Yeah. Or during the week, things that, like anything that's superstitious that you got to do? So, yeah, everything. Walmart, I go to the same parking aisle every time. <laughs> check out the rib. You always want to go to checkout number nine because you want 999. Oh, if wow. that one's too full, you go to number one so you get first place. <laughs> you know, I got one little lady in there that, that checks me out. She usually creates a winner uh, <laughs> at the checkout counter there. So, so that's... I mean, that's the beginning of the week. So it starts, you know, it starts there. <laughs> wow. Um, same gas pump, same ice machine. Yeah, pretty much. There's, everything has to do with winning at that point. You know, <laughs> there's there's really nothing that, that there's doesn't a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah. So, no, it's bad. Um, yeah. When I get there, it's probably not even as bad. That's probably the easiest part. You really want to hit that 707. Lucky beer and ten o'clock lucky beer for sure. Definitely want to play the chicken song. No, Music, music's a pretty big part of your program, isn't it? It is. You want you want to kickstart my heart as loud as you possibly can at seven a.m. Then I usually go to light them up right after that. And then I usually get yelled at by my wife, so we don't hear anything for a little while um, <laughs> until chicken song. Now you can crank that up. The girls like that one, chicken head song. It's pretty funny. Um, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> if your brisket's real good, you play uh, Beyonce, <laughs> all the single ladies. <laughs> it's always a good one. Better than Fred's brisket song. Yeah. Oh, Fred. When Fred trims his brisket, he's got to listen to John Mayer's Body is a Wonderland. Yeah, well, Brad plays Tender Love. But I was a part of that this weekend. Sure, yeah, brutal. No good. Never, don't ever walk in his trailer when he's playing. It smells so bad. <laughs> Him and Michael standing over a steaming hot brisket playing Tender Love. That's the worst. I don't know if I could. Yeah, I just have a mental <laughs> image. It's not just good. Run. <laughs> so your week is pretty standard then for a competition week. You do the same thing same day? Yeah, I used to when I was doing it a lot. Um, you, you know, you had to really. I mean, it was get back, get the stuff cleaned. And, and I'm not going to lie. I had a lot of people here that would help me 
you know, one, one of the ladies that worked for me, she would go to get the parsley and the chicken and make the boxes and, you know, I would trim the chicken and, you, you know, there was a whole group effort really, honestly. And, and I don't imagine how people would do it without that. Like, you know, I'm a pretty busy guy, but in doing the contest is so much work and then travel and everything else. I mean, you know, I literally had lots of help and, and I can't imagine doing it all without that, man. I mean, hats off to people that do because, um, it wears on you in a hurry, just the physical aspect of it. And then, you know, throw the mental aspect on it as well. I mean, you're driving home and you lose and you're mad and you're, you know, you're red assed and everything else. I mean, it's terrible. And then to pick it up again on Monday and start all over. I mean, it, it takes a lot, but it you does, know, it's one of those things you get, you know, you get in your groove and you know, you get hungry for it, I guess, and, and go for it. I think it was Pigskin back when he was just lighting the world on fire. You know what I mean? And he was parked next to me one time, and you know, I was like, he, he, I think he won first, and we got second or something like that. And you know, I went over to high five and congratulations, whatever. And he, you know, he's like, "Yep, on to the next." You know, I was like, he didn't even have, enjoy it for two seconds. You know what I mean? I was like, "Golly," you know. But that's just the way it is, man. You know, if you're you're only as good as you are that day, I guess. So. Especially when you get into those grinds of cooking, you yeah. know, 10 weeks in a row. It, yeah, points chasing and all that. I mean, it, you know, you really have to have that mentality. Like we talked about before, it's like, you know, you go in thinking you're the best in the world and next week you get your legs cut out from under you and humbles you real quick. <laughs> Either bounce back quick, can't yeah. can't dwell on it. Nope, throw it out and go to the next. So. Yeah. So do you set goals for the team before every season or? That's been probably kind of hard the past two years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any more of the goal is just to win everything we do. And it's really is the goal. It's just, you know, my biggest unchecked box, I guess, in my barbecue world is, is, a, is a major, winning a major, which is almost hilarious because we've got reserve grand champion at basically every major, <laughs> you know. So, you know, that's nothing to complain about. But at the end of the day, when a big tall idiot wears a shirt that says, if you ain't first, you're last on the back of it, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we got, got a lot to, got a lot to achieve yet, I guess. <laughs> well, that keeps you, keeps you hungry and keeps you in it. You know? It really does. I mean, that's, that's really it. You know, last year was actually a, a really enjoyable year for us. Kind of got to take a step back and, do a lot of things that we haven't done before. And, and that was very eye opening too, you know, so mm -hmm. kind of going back into barbecue this year, a little, you know, I'm ready to cook. I want to cook. Being off is great, but I kind of want to do it in moderation and, and, you know, keep things balanced a little bit more than when we were going hardcore for team of the year, this and that, you know, so yeah, uh, the girls are getting older and they're in so many different things and sports and everything now too. So that's spent a lot of time doing that on the weekend. So mm -hmm. a lot of fun doing that too. Yeah. You've had done a lot of great things in barbecue, but one of your newest things I think that is really having a profound effect is the barbecue league. I think that I think it's really turning out to be quite a nice little community and a nice information sharing thing. Yeah, and and I like how you said it's turning out. <laughs> you know, I would say like anything, you know, we stumbled getting going a little bit and I think we always had the right idea, which is and still is to promote barbecue and, and <clears throat> spread spread the, the enjoyment and the, and the love and passion that we had for it, you know, to more and more people. 
you know, we started out with a kind of a reality-based show, which I think is the right idea, really, and, you know, gives people the entertainment value and, the, you know, inside scoop of what we do every weekend. Um, you know, it's super expensive to produce and to film and everything else. So I'm sure we'll get back to that as we can grow. But mm-hmm. um, the main thing is, you know, like you said, just building the community and the camaraderie and, and kind of what barbecue was really all about. And, and we share a lot of knowledge on there, man. It's, it's, um, it's crazy how much, you know, we share on there and, and everybody really that, that chips in and, and a lot of the top pit masters in the, in the world have been very good and easy to work, work with, you know, you know, just to spread the love and, and, and get people excited about it and, and show people that, that they can do it, whether it's at home, you know, in the backyard or at a competition or whatever it is. I mean, you're always at a certain level and you can always get better basically. So we're trying to push that and, and provide, you know, discounts and benefits and inside tips and tricks and just kind of lower the learning curve because honestly, barbecue has been super good to, to us, myself and, and Brad as well. I mean, he's, you know, we both went from weekend warriors two or three times a year, you know, now we, you know, he's got multiple restaurants and, and we have barbecue businesses and, and, um, it's taken us both around the world as far as travel and, and making friends and everything else. And if people can, can experience some of that. I mean, I think it's, it's great. Um, you know, we're super grateful for all that because without barbecue, I don't, you know, I'd be digging holes every day landscaping <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's great when you're at a competition and you know and someone says hey i've watched your video you know i had somebody say it right. this weekend to me like hey yeah. you know, i've watched that chicken trimming video three times this week before i trimmed chicken i just wanted to thank you yeah, yeah it's crazy and then that guy won chicken on day two and it's like yeah man that's that's fantastic. You know, it makes yeah. you feel good that somebody got something from, from you. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to thank you got you and Brad both for that. It's, it's just great to watch happen because I think that, you know, well, when we, we talk appreciate about, you doing the videos and, and, and yeah, I mean, I just think when we talk about what's missing from competition barbecue, I think the barbecue league is trying to bring that back a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, for one thing, like when I started barbecue, there was, you know, a lot of easy up tents. There was people out. It was, a, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a potluck every time. It was on Barbecue Brother. I mean, you would literally say, hey, I'm, I'm bringing this for the potluck. I'm going to have a party over here afterwards or whatever. It was really, I really do think there was more community and, and more social, you know, social uh, aspect to it. I mean, there still is today. A lot of what's happened is, you know, the bigger trailers and the the campers and stuff like that, where people can do a lot of this stuff inside and, and therefore, you know, yes, it's more comfortable for you. You've got more convenience and, and I'm certainly guilty of that, but I mean, you know, you, you know, as well as anybody that I like to go out and talk to people and, and, um, you know, take a stroll around at 11 o'clock before quiet hours or whatever it is, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just to see what's going on. And, and I, I really like that aspect of it. And that's really what, you know, has helped us so much and, and, um, getting to know people. And, you know, we literally have friends across the, around the world now. And, you know, so do my kids and, and stuff like that. It's crazy, you know, and, and never would have had that without the barbecue, uh, experience. So I feel, you know, everything we can do to bring that back and, and, and spread that, I think is, 
is a positive. And, and at the end of the day, I think people enjoy it more. And really, it's all about the friendships and the community and, and everything else at the end of the day. I mean, you can win a million trophies, but if you're if everybody hates you over it, it's probably not that great of a thing, you know? So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, if you look at it like that. So anyway, I mean, it's what we can do to, to spread barbecue and, and grow barbecue and, you know, help our friends and, and, you know, whether it's with a brand or with their, with their team or, or with their own, you know, with their own, their own personal brand or whatever it is on, on social media and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it's kind of what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I want to thank you for your time today. I'd like to get into the rapid fire questions. These are my favorite things to ask. <laughs> the first okay. one is a blast because what do you see about barbecue on social media that upsets or bothers you? <laughs> and you are notoriously absent from a lot of that. I do that on purpose. <laughs> I you know. It's the smartest thing in the world. It, it really is smart. Uh, Mostly because I don't trust myself um, behind the keyboard. <laughs> so nothing really bothers me. I just think it's funny that I don't know. I shouldn't say it probably, but everybody's sponsored, you know, these days. So I just get a kick out of it. And and to the point, sometimes we're um, we were doing it on purpose too, just to get a charge out of ourselves. But anyway, no, it's probably not a big deal. But I don't know. Nothing really bothers me too much. I guess I don't know. I mean. I, I do think it's funny how you see trends and, and, you know, copycat posts and just, you know, like anything, I guess it's, uh, it's fun to watch. It's kind of a soap opera, I guess. But that's why I try to stay out of it. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think when they, when they get to the end of society and they try and trace it back to something, it's going to be social media probably. <laughs> yeah, that would be the biggest probably <laughs> contributor for sure. <laughs> Do you have any favorite pre, during, or post-competition meals? I mean, tacos, really. Yeah. All, all three. All three. <laughs> yeah. Best trip we did in a long time was down to Texas a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, I pretty much made it a, a point to make myself sick on tacos. <laughs> I succeeded. It was great. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner every day it was awesome that's one state OBS hasn't checked off the list we need to get oh my it. god and i i've been very uh that was my point this year was to get to texas more you know what i mean because of all the barbecue places i've ever been to you know around the world and you know you would think texas would be one of the top ones and i've i've been slacking down there so um we went down to wharton texas and i did the ibca contest which is not what i'm used to doing you know kcbs is normal but but it was, it was tons of fun. And, you know, that was, when you talk about the, the camaraderie and stuff, taco buffet bar night before the contest, you know, breakfast taco, somebody's bringing over in the morning. Um, we get down the next day and, and, you know, went to burnt bean and, and Valentina's for more tacos. And I was like, all right, this is good. <laughs> so it was definitely worth it. And it, and it, it met every expectation I had. So that was cool. <laughs> tacos, tacos are your happy place. Right. <laughs> One of them. Do you have a favorite present that you like to give to people? <laughs> um, not really. Like, uh, no, maybe a t-shirt or I like to give you a big Lukey bear hug. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not, not, I don't know. Do I, am I missing something here? No, it's just a question I ask. Yeah. No, 
I get I buy people underwear. That's what I do. Yeah, you do. I know. Best underwear I ever wore, too. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions, what would it say? <laughs> millions and millions. Yeah. So like a slogan or a picture or what? It can be anything you want it to be. I'd probably have T-Mac in a plaid skirt. Or what's it called? A kilt? A kilt. kilt. <laughs> a T-Mac in a kilt with a big thumbs up and a beer, a mug of beer. And I would have him toasting, saying, cook with love and never with rage. That would be awesome. That'd be good? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you didn't go daring on me and say, eat at Smokey D's or buy Blue's Hog, though. That's good. No. T-Mac with a kilt. <laughs> make that happen somehow we need that it really needs to be a billboard doesn't it it does <laughs> right up there in wisconsin <laughs> right, right, there the the right there at the end yeah <laughs> before you hit the water thumbs up <laughs> oh my so last question all right you got an unusual habit or an absurd thing that you love i got a bunch of them <laughs> Besides tacos, okay. what? Besides tacos, that's not really absurd. No, I'm into goofy stuff, man. Like tractor pulling, and mowing my lawn, and showing pigs, and I don't know, just stupid stuff like that. You still do that? You still show pigs? No, my kids do. They but, do. Uh, I'm more competitive at it than they are, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> I would like to go to a pig showing competition. Big show on a tractor pull. I'm the MC at the uh, local county fair. That really? That's worth. That's worth coming to see. <laughs> I need to put that on my bucket list. Oh my God, that is out of control. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. I'm not allowed to bring my uh, DJ system anymore, though. That was a one and done. <laughs> that's unfortunate. I know it is. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well tim thank you for being on uh is there any uh any partners or anything that you'd like to mention on the way out or tell people where they can find your stuff online i think everyone pretty much knows where to find it well i want to thank you big lukey bear for having me on <laughs> and um it took a while i know you had to run down your list oh i made it um, <laughs> Other than that, I mean, you can find us at blueshog.com and gatewaydrumsmokers.com. You know, there's a lot of people that could sit here and think, I guess, but I'd just like to thank the whole barbecue community more than anything because it's been fun and, and you know, keeping it fun is, is a big deal for me. And, you know, that's that's why we do it. And yep. Getting ready to hit the road here to Shawnee, Oklahoma. All right. Be our first double header of the year. So, haven't been there in a couple of years. Had bad news down there before, so <laughs> Miss Brisket turned in. Ooh, got a little redemption down there, I guess. We'll try to try to work on, but other than that, we're looking forward to seeing everybody and get over this COVID bullcrap and get on with our lives. So absolutely, it all works. I'm gonna go watch pork video on the barbecue league site after my cellar finished yesterday. <laughs> you gonna watch it again? I am. <laughs> Do you get unlimited rewatches on there? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, come on out to class this weekend if you're not doing anything else. Bring, bring little G. 
You know what? I just need to send her to classes. I think that I'll get more out of it if she goes and takes notes. <laughs> well, you're learning. You're learning already. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll see you out on the road. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast. Be sure to subscribe and like the podcast, rate the podcast, and share it out with all your friends. Also, be sure to check out the Old Virginia Smoke YouTube channel as well. We will have another episode for you next week. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is edited by Chris Sedenka. Pitmaster, an Old Virginia Smoke podcast, is a property of Old Virginia Smoke, LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021. Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia. Old Virginia Smoke.